Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. What's going on? What's up, my man? Hey, man. Thanks for doing this podcast. Everybody out there, you can send your hate tweets to at Grifka DKC. Who knows what he's doing? We think he's sleeping. I'm sure he's got some important excuse. His kids or who knows what he's going to come up with. But he's not here on the show tonight. Um, but me and Hughes are burning the midnight oil here, talking about rounds two and three of the NFL draft. Um, man, oh, man, Hughes. Hughes. You know, I said this is my most exciting time. These are the biggest rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of good football players on the board. And, uh, you know, this is a tough one for me. This was a tough – the names the Lions took, the people that were still out there, I mean, it was tough to process. What's your initial thoughts? Yeah, the same – I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, not only was it the names, but it was the positions that were taken. Um, it, it's funny because, you know, me and you talked on the phone before the draft and one of the topics that you brought up is, you know, possibility of us drafting, you know, positions where we just need to add depth. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what we did. But, you know, the last couple of podcasts we've had, we've talked about how really your second and third round, you want to find guys who you can plug in and start. But I don't think either one of these guys that we drafted tonight is going to be somebody that's starting when the season rolls around. Yeah, man. Uh, let's go ahead and do this, Hughes. Uh, we'll, we'll tell the folks who the names are. We'll kind of work through some of their measurables mm-hmm. um, here in a moment. Let's let's take a quick pause for the cause. Do our uh, sponsors with Anchor. We got to get them in here. We'll get right back and talk about these picks. How's that sound? Sounds good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back. Man, me and the big Hughes, uh, you know, we're talking about rounds two and three for the Lions. Uh, Hughes brought up a good point right before the break that, uh, you know, we had talked sort of about will they go with multiple safeties. They like versatile guys, safety corner. You know, they like uh, could they add a linebacker because some of our other picks haven't worked out or to add some depth. I think that's probably what they did, Hughes. But when you heard the name Johnny – Tavai, mm-hmm. I mean, what was your first thought? My first thought was, is how far I got to scroll down to find this guy on my linebacker list. 
Oh, and it's not a guy that was really on my radar. It's not somebody that we spent any time talking about. I mean, right away they said, this guy the Patriots like. It's like, I, I really don't get as annoyed by that as other people because if you're going to mimic anybody, I mean, who would you want to mimic in the NFL? Exactly. So, so I don't take it as a shot when they say it. I say like, hey, man, if we're if we're liking and drafting and obtaining the players that Patriots like, we're probably on the right track. But, I mean, this was a guy that – like I said, I didn't know much about him. I sort of tried to watch a little bit. I mean, he seems like a good tackler. He had like 17 and a half um, tackles for loss, which is a ton kind of from the linebacker position. I mean, again, I'm not sure who, who Hawaii is playing, but, you know, that was impressive. And I think seven sacks or so is one of the numbers I saw. So it seems like he can get in the backfield, both in the run game and get people down on the ground. And he can also get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting listening to, uh, you know, Bob Quinn and talk about this pick. And one of the big things that stood out to me is it seemed like they love the, his size and his scheme fit more so than like the actual player himself, um, which is which is, sounds weird to say. But like, that's what they raved about is, you know, you can't find linebackers with this kind of size. You can't find you know, linebackers that fit this type of scheme as often as we could. So we're so happy to get him. And it was just really surprising to me because, like you said, I mean, he wasn't anybody that was on our radar at all. Yeah, and even when they talked about him, you know, I I think I sent you a link of these these draft guys who just kind of do a YouTube show. And mm-hmm. the, the one guy that was talking said, hey, this is a guy who was my sleeper in the second round, even though it might be a little bit of a reach, like, so, I mean, he was on some people's radar. I mean, again, we try to talk the draft a ton, but, you know, full disclosure, I mean, we don't we don't know all the guys across all these different levels. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't listen to Bob Quinn, but it, I feel like they do that sometimes. They just pick people based on height, weight, speed, and, mm-hmm. and production, and then hope that it translates to the NFL. That probably seems like what this what this is from what you said. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny, too, because in that same phone call conversation me and you had earlier, we were talking about, hey, in the second round, because we don't have a, a pick till later in the third round, is this somewhere where you might have to reach a little bit higher than you anticipated, knowing that you have almost, a, uh, you know, over a round to your next pick? And, you know, when we talk about a couple of guys that we might take a chance on, but this guy wasn't one of them, but it happened to be, you know, a, a reach, even though it wasn't who we talked about. Yeah, I just remember when we talked to it was kind of like I, I brought up Mac Wilson as a coverage linebacker, but I mean, I thought I heard this guy can cover a little bit. He obviously can kind of fly around and, and tackle people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe he'll be an explosive athlete to watch. But uh, you know, I I joked with you guys via text that you know I had a similar feeling as when they stepped to the podium and said the Lions select Akalima. <laughs> Right. Uh, what was it? Gosh, I can't get the name right. Akamala Francis. Five <laughs> O. They took this guy that just his last name was Francis. He was from uh, Hawaii or something like that, and he turned out to be an absolute scrub. Yeah. They tried to sell it as the same thing, you know. Always oh, got height, weight, speed. He's got the size, measurables, you know. And he just never was was anything. So, you know, I just sort of felt that way for a while. But again, you know, the biggest point to bring up is what we talked about the other night. Like, yeah, we can beat it up all day, but at the end of the day, we're not draft experts. We're not NFL GMs. Like, if if Matt Pat and Bobby Quinn think this guy fits our scheme and is a need, like I'm going to go trust it. I'm going to try to read up on him, watch some of his 
tape, highlights, whatever it may be, and kind of see what we got because, I mean, another explosive linebacker would be nice. Agreed. And I think when the, when the pick came out, I think you, you, you were going with Justin Lane, right? That's who you wanted? Um, yeah, that was, my, uh, that was my Lions pick, yep. Yeah, and I think I, I went with Greedy. So we're both on the same page with the corners. And, you know, we talked about last night, like, you know, what are we looking at in round two or three? We talked about corners and inside offensive linemen. And, you know, there's a plethora taken, but not part of us. Yeah, man, I, I was debating between me and you also had to talk about Chase Winovich. Where do you yeah. have to take him if you think he's a fit? You know, I was really debating, but I thought I did what I do sometimes, which is like, I'm going to gamble. I can get him in the third. And, you know, sure enough, let me look at my board here. He goes to the Patriots mm-hmm. at pick 77. I mean, had everything worked out perfectly, and he slips another, uh, you know, we traded up to 81, so, man, I only had to make it four or five more picks. And then Ray does, you know, look who takes him. A team, similar scheme. They're going to make him an outside linebacker, DN, rush guy, um, you know, all that type of stuff. So I, I got burned on that, but he was on my radar. But when I looked at it, like, Justin Lane was 6'3", like 185 pounds. He was a junior, so he's a little bit younger than the other guys that were on the board. And he played for Mark D'Antonio. So I was like, this guy, he know he can tackle if he plays in the Big Ten and plays for that guy. You know that he's got some grit to him. He's obviously got the size. And he produced. He he got better every year. So that's my explanation for going with Justin Lane. I thought it was a good combo when I already took a really explosive interior out, outside type rusher in Ed Oliver. So yeah. that was my thinking. What was your – what did you like about Greedy after we talked for months where – you know, loved him, and then off our board sort of due to, you know, his mentality, lack of tackling. Like, what made you go back and want to take him as part of your picks? I just feel like I just feel like the talent um, and the potential that Greedy has was worth a shot in the second round. I mean, I always hated doing it in the first round, but I felt like the second round, you know, you might as well. It, it's the gamble that we talked about earlier today. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a chance to take somebody who at one point in the draft process was projected to be – you know, a top 10, top 15 pick, and he's still sitting there at 43. I mean, unbelievable cover skills. Uh, you know, if anybody can get anybody to start making tackles and start playing more physical, it's probably Matt Pat. So I feel like he would have been a guy that was going to be able to be coached up and, you know, take his game to the next level. And just the idea of, of you know, Greedy and Slay and Justin Coleman and those other guys was, you know, had my mouth watering a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I agree the value is something to consider there. I mean, Hughes, is it just me or is the NFL draft absolutely ridiculous? I mean, <laughs> we, we spend months and months reading up on guys, putting, putting guys in, in, in different ranges, and then the draft comes and probably, probably you know, over 40% of the guys that went in these two rounds were guys that I either had projected lower or was not really expecting. I mean, it's just absolutely nuts. It is crazy, you know, because we, we start – we start getting this draft stuff ready pretty early. I mean, realistically, September, October, you know, when the season starts, college football starts, this is when we start putting our stuff together, right? So we're spending a lot of time doing this. I mean, we have a better, yeah. we have a better chance trying to predict lottery numbers at this point because it's just like it's just it's such a shot in the dark. It's such a throw a dart against the wall and see who's named there. It's crazy. I mean, you you said it when we were talking during the draft, like how crazy this is. I mean. If you would have told me before the draft started that Andy Isabella was going to get drafted before DK Metcalf, I would have told you that you're crazy. But that happened. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely happened. But the the thing that's nuts too, I mean, it's not like they're picking thousands or hundreds of players. It's a couple hundred guys. Like right. it's seven rounds with about thirty picks around, and about about thirty to forty of these picks in these two rounds were guys that were just like, really, we got right. him two rounds later, or or like you just said, why why is a guy like you could love or hate DK Metcalf? Why through the whole process is he a top? you know, 10, 15, 20-ish talent. And then the day before the draft, you hear sort of, oh, he's kind of slipping. And he almost got to the third round. Like, I will never understand how that's not, like, figured out ahead of time. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. <laughs> like, everything everything that, you know, us as fans and, you know, probably some of the media have access to with these players and the projections and the, the numbers at the combine, the numbers at the pro day, I mean, that's really what we're going off of. But, Sometimes to me, it's just like it's the intangibles, it's the conversations, it's the interviews, it's the you know right. the interviews with the previous coaches, how they are a team. It's all that other stuff that we don't have access to. Is obviously you know where we're missing the boat with being able to project you know these type of draft picks. But the craziest thing uses Daniel Jeremiah gets paid tons of money. This is all he does, and he's got. DK Metcalf is a 20th player and he goes 60, 64. I mean, like this guy's 40 picks off too. And this, he's supposed to be the expert. I, I don't know. I mean, I think these NFL teams, like you said, just have a totally different view. And I can't say one is right or wrong because there's been plenty of times where you might look back in a couple of years and, and look at your picks and go, look, I got Brian Burns and Greedy in the first two rounds, and then who did you take in the third? Oh, McGovern. McGovern. The top, the top, the top interior guy. Like, that's not brain surgery. That's no. off of, like, the, the stuff we learned in the media, and those could all be studs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about the second pick. Uh, I actually had to pull it up here because, again, these two guys are off my radar. So, Will Harris, safety. Boston College, and I think they called him more like a D-back, or I don't even know if they said cornerback or what, but um, they did praise him for being kind of a captain, a really experienced player, but I know DJ also said he's kind of a wild man. He will uh, miss tackles. He'll kind of get out of get out of lanes, things like that. I mean, to me, that's still kind of a fun player because you, know, you make some splash plays, but we're going to be banging our head against the table when he's missing tackles, sometimes like Jared Davis does or mm-hmm. when a guy roasts and toasts him. But, um, you know, I, I, I'll have to do a little more reading, but I thought this was a guy, too, that was a little down my list, a little off my radar. But um, Boston College had a pretty good defense. You know, a, a movable safety is something we talked about, about maybe they would look for three safeties. It's, it's just crazy how he's going above Chauncey um, Gardner-Johnson, how he's going mm-hmm. above Deontay Thompson, how he's going above, you know, some of these other guys that we have pegged if you are going to go that spot. But, again, you got to rely on the coach, and I just really hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, another piece of the puzzle, too, is old Mother Goose, uh, you know, had him when he was coaching at Boston <laughs> College. So, I mean, he um, he knows him a little bit. And I think, you know, one of the things that Quinn talked about with uh, with him is how he's got good ability on special teams, too. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a special oh. team guy in round three. <laughs> I was just going to say, please don't tell me that because I'm fine with that in round six, seven, and even in the fifth if you want to get kooky. Yeah. But not in, not in the early third. I, know. I mean, again, another trade-up. Yeah, we only gave up like a sixth rounder. But, mm-hmm. like, like, I will never understand how these guys think they have to move up for players like this. There was probably four safeties 
that we feel are, are better players, have better production, bigger schools, and here we are giving right. up a resource. We've got to have Will Harris. I right. Mean, and and those guys are still on the board, and we're only, like, what, 10 picks away from picking again? So, like, you know, you gave up a resource to go get a guy that probably could have been there, you know, when you picked at 88. I mean, something – obviously something tipped them off that they had to go up and get him. But, like, the other thing that angers me about that is when after Dallas took McGovern, it's just listening to Todd McShay talk about the versatility that he has, play center, guard, he's got the bend, he's got the hips. It's like everything that – all the boxes that Bob Quinn has on offensive linemen, it's like – why not pull the trigger on this guy? That's exactly what you needed to fill the right guard spot. It, just, it doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. Hey, before I ask you a follow-up, did you just slip in there that you're watching Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper? Have you have you went to the dark side, Hughes? Yeah, remember I told you AT&T and NFL, Net, NFL Network split ways. So I, I've had – I've been going on ESPN all the time. It's terrible too, I tell you. What's the dude? What's the guy's name? Is it Tr- oh Trey Wingo? Trey Wingo's got. Oh, yeah. He's got the most obscure, dumbest things to say about every single person that gets picked. It's the yeah, worst. He's a, fr- he's a freaking idiot. That oh. guy. Like every time I watch NFL Live, it's like, hey buddy, you don't have to try to be half funny on every break or at every chance you get. Like oh. you can just talk football. I don't. I don't need these little wisecracks all and, the time. And every Trey Wingo. And every wait. commercial break they went to, he just talked about how much fun everybody was having. I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? Like circus? Like are we waiting for the elephants oh. to show up? I just wondered why are we so focused on fun here. Oh man, gosh. Okay, so you got an excuse at least. I thought you decided yeah. to watch Mel Kiper no, no, because no. we've always we've always been Mayak guys, and yeah. I'm definitely more of a Daniel Jeremiah guy than uh, McShay and Kuiper. But I uh, mean, I got okay, I got so, the NFL Network app on the iPad, but you know how my technology skills are, so I just had to kind oh, of yeah. fold it up for yeah, ESPN. You, <laughs> yeah, you'd be compu- confused with that uh, yeah. before you even knew it of how to uh, how to get where you're going. So right. let me follow back up with McGovern, man. I thought that was a good pick by you. You know, um, I was kind of circling through, and, and on my on my list, you know, when push comes to shove, we had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of working boards. We're trying to keep up with our Google Sheet on the computer for uh, those that are out there and just f- so we could keep up. And when I scrolled up, I mean, Ben Powers for me was my top interior guy. But mm-hmm. when you said McGovern and I did a little uh, – Looking at him, I mean, he was the top guy. He was, he was rated um, like a five point seven on I think it was NFL dot com, and and Powers was more of a five zero, five two guy, something like that. So a little bit higher. I just, I just remember seeing that interview where Ben Powers was like, I want to just take the soul of the man across from me, and right. he he obviously has been a three year starter, a good player. So that that would have been my pick in the third round. Um, I couldn't really remember if he played left or right again. I'm pretty sure McGovern was a right guard yeah. pretty exclusively. Um, so I'm hoping that Powers would be too. Cause I, I know they can flip flop. I just wouldn't want to do that, but I thought, Hey, let's, let's fill that guard. Let's keep filling holes. I'd have a, a, a talented player, a cornerback fill and a uh, interior lineman fill, which I thought was good value. Um, pretty much same with you. I mean, you got a rush guy, a corner, and an yeah. interior guy as well. And then Grifka obviously copied all our picks when he right. called in because, you know, he was lost. Right. Yeah, his, his, uh, <laughs> his board ended on pick number 32. Well, if, if you can uh, – hold on. Where's the, where's the bell? Uh, hey, Hughes, if you go back and listen to a previous podcast, mm-hmm. um, you'd hear Grifka say there's a drop-off after pick five. Right. So, uh, you know, the uh, – the, uh, the yellow sticky note that he had a couple names on probably was done after about pick eight, you know? Yeah. He, he, he went up to the right A to get one of the NFL draft magazines 
and they don't really go that far. So, <laughs> oh my goodness! So, uh, you know, Drifter, we love you, buddy. Oh, absolutely. Except when you sleep and don't show up to the podcast, then we can rip on you as much yeah. as we want. He, he, we, he, he disappeared right after the second pick when Lions were back on the clock. We, we haven't heard from him since. So, oh yeah, he's sleeping in his lazy boy. I hope nothing worse has happened to the guy because we do <laughs> we do love you, Grifka. But uh, sleeping on NFL draft and missing a podcast inexcusable. Um, so, so again, I liked your McGovern pick. I really thought at that time that was a, a fill of a need. It was the highest ranked guy at the position. He came from a good school. I really think that would have been, you know, a nice ad. And I'm just curious why they don't, why they don't make moves like that because it was, it was pretty obvious. I mean, even if you think Ben Powers isn't as good of a player, that was a pretty obvious spot to take a guy like that. You mm-hmm. waited three rounds. It's a big hole. You might want to fill it. I don't, I'm pretty sure you're not good with Wiggins or some of these other guys you brought in. Um, but there were other players on the board, too, that I liked. So Yeah, um, and it's just it's confusing, too, because, you know, you got Ragnar, who played center and now switched to guard. The year before that, you took Glasgow, who was a third-round pick, who's played center and guard. And then McGovern, third-round pick. Could have been another Big Ten guy playing center and guard. So it's just like you have those three guys. Like, I mean, everything that Bob Quinn talked about, he loved about Ragnar was being able to play different positions. And this, like, that scream McGovern to me. So I don't know. It was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought, I thought you did well. Um, just looking at, so we went through three rounds. I mean, again, you know, we could be completely wrong in this podcast. I mean, this, uh, to, Man, I got to figure out how to pronounce it. How, what do you think it is, that last name, Hughes? Give it to the people. What? I'm so, a second-round pick. Oh, uh, let's see here. I got to look I gotta look at it so I can <laughs> try to sound it out. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with Tavai. Okay. So, like, you know, hopefully Tavai is an absolute monster, runs sideline to sideline, you know, blows people up. And then we'd like Will Harris to be a, a roving safety guy that can also cover and, and run and hit and mm-hmm. have some leadership abilities. I mean, that would be ideal. But, you know, Grifka says I love everybody. I'm definitely coming into this podcast pretty disappointed with day two, um, you know, acknowledging that those guys know more, a lot more than we do. They met with these guys. They know their scheme better than we ever will. But, you know, also sitting there going, there's just so many good names on the board. So what's yeah. your takeaway from day two? Uh, day two, I mean, ideally when we, when we came into today, I was hoping that round two and three we are getting guys who were projecting to be starters, whether it be an offensive lineman or a corner to play opposite Slay something i wasn't anticipating us just building depth at linebacker and safety uh i mean i'm obviously disappointed but you know we've we say it all the time and bob queen we trust so hopefully it works out yeah exactly man and like the 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 most disconcerting part uh is that there were guys on the board you know they're they're i think what in our second rounder you know if you wanted to get an explosive slot guy aj brown was there if you wanted Mm -hmm. him you know, there were there was about three, maybe four corners that I wouldn't have minded, and then there was a pretty big drop off. So that's kind of why I decided to go that way. And then you get to the third round, and you're looking there, going, "Okay, there's there's safeties I like. If you want to go that route, there was interior linemen." Um, 
you know, Chase had went off the board, so I was kind of like done with the edges at that point for the most part. But listen to these names, Hughes, just looking at my list. So name players that people recognize that are still on the board heading into round four. Yeah. Armani Awarie, cornerback, Penn State. Hakeem Butler, big receiver, uh, Iowa State. Some guys projected him round one. We're in round four. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, nasty safety out of Florida. Mac Wilson from Alabama. Um, Julian Love. uh, Amenahue, who's an interior rush guy I liked. You got Kelvin Harmons of the world, Deontay Thompson, Christian Miller, who you talked about, my guy Ben Powers. I mean, I can just keep going down the list. Riley Ridley's a good receiver just sitting out there in round four. Like, I don't know. I always tell Grifka you can get good guys in round four or five, whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm just almost half annoyed that there's all these good football players that are out there and that we just took guys that are off most fans and people's radar other than – damn, they better be good because we could come into like week four or five, whatever it may be next year and go, man, mm-hmm. these guys are ball players, you know, and then we'll have to tip our cap, no doubt about it. But uh, at the end of draft day two, we're sitting here shaking our heads, confused. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But like you said, they're still, you know, I'm so surprised that Laurier is still on the board, I would say, going into the next the next round. He's probably number one on my board. Uh, as far as players available. So it'll be interesting to see how long he's on the board. Um, you mentioned Julian Love. I mean, a guy, even a guy like Isaiah Johnson from Houston, good size, good coverage skills. He's, he's somewhat good. But there's so many receivers that are available. I'm surprised, like I said, Akeem Butler, uh, Kelvin Harmon still out there, Red, Riley Ridley, Stanley Morgan from Nebraska. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. So I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of ways that they can go. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So, I mean, lots of good players out there. I thought me and you worked our tails off trying to keep up with this draft, trying to track it as best we can. But they were coming in fast and furious. The Mm -hmm. Lions traded up, gave up a resource, got a couple players most people don't know about. But, hey, man, like I'm going to watch more video. And if if Tavai can – can run and hit that'd be exciting on Sundays you know the couple clips I saw of Harris like you know as much as he wasn't really a a need at that point I kind of looked at him and go okay I could see brought up a good point with maybe the coordinator having some familiarity that always helps and uh but yeah it can't just be depth it can't just be special teams guys these have to be guys that you have you have a plan for and that come and, and make plays. I mean, you don't take crazy depth projects in rounds two or three. You right. just don't do it. Yeah. So, all right, Hughes. Well, uh, this is usually where I ask Griff because you got anything else for the people. Uh, I just have a couple of random things. So, one, yeah. uh, Pat McAfee needs to be in front of a microphone a lot more. I thought. <laughs> oh, in, hold in the- on. Hold on. You are a Pat McAfee hater. I was I've until, been the guy I was until been repping to, Pat McAfee yes, all day. Until today, <laughs> when he talked about a, a chimpanzee making the pick instead of him. I thought that was gold. And other plays, is, <laughs> did somebody, did you notice that old Jim Brown said this was a 2013 draft? <laughs> he was, how could I not notice that, man? I felt bad for the guy, but oh my goodness, like, like. 
this is your one chance to get your name read. And my man was six years off. <laughs> like, like I feel so bad for that player. I mean, you better, you better go to the cutting room floor and do some editing to get that right. Cause that, that, that would suck. It got, it got to the point where I was keeping track of how many times people would mess up like 2019. Like it was so, oh. it was so hard. Like they just wanted to go with NFL. Oh, 2019 NFL. Draft. <laughs> Like, every single person is ridiculous. And, and Billy Sims was just terrible when he announced for the Lions. I was just so confused on what was happening. <laughs> oh, man. So let me say this to that. Uh, or what does Nate Burleson say? I said all this to say this. Or I said all that to say this. Like, I'm, I'm so glad you brought it up because not only when he said it, like, when that guy that he said 2013 was a heck of a good football player. Was that greedy? It was that was gr- greedy. It was greedy, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Can you imagine Greedy like playing that for his boys or playing that for people? And they're like, "You got drafted in 2013? <laughs> like, like, like he's gonna try to play that back for his kids? Kids can be like, "Damn, you're old, man! I thought you, <laughs> you I got drafted think, in one three? I don't even think Greedy was in high school in 2013. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's my big problem with Jim Brown. I mean, God bless him. It's probably like a he's got a little couple screws loose but i don't mind if you maybe like you know when the calendar turns over and you're signing off your uh you know a a document at work and you're putting the year prior but my man missed it by six years (laughs) like that's that's not a oh i accidentally called it 2018 i messed up that's that's just i never seen that before i mean no the most you can ever be off is is two i think and that would be bad yeah, and it's not like it's just right on the card you're reading off of. <laughs> like, like going back to the going back to the Lions video of, of the call of Hawkinson. It's like when Martha pulled her shades up, and <laughs> writing it down. I think Jim Brown needed to borrow Martha's shades. <laughs> and, and here's my other worst part about it is that he didn't he didn't go back and try to fix it. No, like, he just went he, with it. He read it. He read it, and probably didn't even realize that not only did he miss it, but. Who knows what year it is in Jim Brown's head. So, like I said, a great football player, but, yeah. oh, my goodness, like, that's one of the biggest gaffes of all time. And, uh, like I said, I feel bad for the player. But there was some funny stuff going on across the board uh, with the announcing. But, you know, I, I love the guy with the big, booming voice. Like, I mean, <laughs> that guy's voice is just absolute gold that was announcing everything. Yeah. But, man, like, every time I turned around, they were announcing another pick. Like, I thought it was crazy rapid fire. But uh, oh. And the other, you know, the other part, uh, too, is when they show – like, I feel like these fans they have in attendance, like, up front are, like, paid <laughs> actors – just like, because right. if you see, you see a lot of people wearing a 19 jersey that says NFL draft across the back. Like, here, we're going to yeah. hire you to be extras. Wear this. And then, like, they're, they're like, anticipating the pick. And then, like, these two old ladies are standing up front. And they announce it, and they just start cheering. It's like, come on. You have no idea who this person is. Let's be honest with each other. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing that kills me, Hughes, is like, you know how we're like super, I mean, we're we're huge Lions fans, Yeah. but I mean, you see these guys that are 45, 55 plus years old, like paint head to toe, sure. the, uh, the uh, shoulder pads, I mean, you know me, I like going to events and getting a little crazy. Yeah, you, you don't you don't see me dressing up like uh, you know. Gosh, the the lions don't. Let's not even get started on the guys that dress up like lions. I mean, that's absolutely embarrassing. But could you imagine like like dressing up, painting yourself to go to the NFL draft? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because a lot of those guys got there like two in the afternoon, so you're standing there for close to twelve hours just with your beads and yeah. your. Your shoulder pads and your painted face and head and oh my goodness, like right. like you said that that 
the, I think it's real, but it definitely seems gimmicked. And uh-huh. that's what they do at those Super Bowls when they have the little concert. They just get a bunch of teenagers and hype them up on like uh, Mountain Dew and say, "Go be crazy for like ten minutes." Yeah, <laughs> and they and they just go nuts. So I think that's kind of what the people up front do. But uh, it was entertaining. Yeah, that's man, for sure. I, <laughs> that's one word for it yeah. But yeah man there were some classic classic moments so um you know gosh we'll we'll have to see i mean I, there are four more rounds up which is crazy i feel like it's been exhausting getting through these first three which i usually don't feel this way yeah but you know it's coming fast I was, so I was, many so many trades trying to keep up with who's on the clock next i mean it was a it was a lot happening exactly. there's no doubt exactly or you know i'm I'm real excited. I thought I'd walk out of today going, all right, not only does our first round pick look better, but now we got four rounds to really beef it up. And now I'm thinking these next four rounds, like we got to, we got to either hit some home runs or make up for some stuff. In my right. opinion, now it's a, these next day is not a walk in the park. It's like, man, you got work to do now. Yeah. So, so we got, after giving know, up that sixth round pick, we got five picks to make tomorrow. So Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. Those are gonna be crucial, and I, you know, I hope they. You know, I don't mind these names. We don't know, but I, I would like a, one or two more names where they've we've seen their college production. We feel like feel, they're filling needs, filling holes. I don't. I don't want four or five more guys that are projects, special teams. Like, oh, we see something like. You know, we know good football players when we see it, and I need a few of those heading into you know the end of this draft for our alliance. So. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's hope they get it done. But like you say, you know, we we kind of beefed up the defense and get in day two to some degree, and then we have offensive playmakers. So we'll see what they do. Yep. In uh, in uh, day three and and Bob Quinn we trust so I'll go with you on that. But uh, Hughes, thanks a ton, man, for taking some time, chatting it Absolutely. up, having a few laps here on the show. We'll uh, go ahead and get this out to the people and uh, get some of their reactions, man. See what others thought about it um, as we move forward. Yep. So good stuff, man. Absolutely, less than twelve hours from uh, round four starting, so it's gonna come fast. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate all your hard work. We've really been working hard on that Google Sheet and all the draft stuff. So thanks again, and thanks for coming on the show. And uh, Grifka, thank you for nothing. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back uh, after tomorrow. We're heading into the weekend with some podcasts as well, finishing up this draft. Got to finish it strong, man. Let's do this thing. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Take care. Yep. Thanks a lot. Uh, everybody out there, we'll catch you uh, next time right here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. Drink it in, man.